Once upon a time. Boring. It was the best of times. It was the worst. You got that right. What's your problem? We want new stories. Hi, it's Frankie. And Garrett. And we host the ever-trending story, a weekly podcast where we bring to life a fictional story created by our own minds and some of the hottest, craziest trends from the internet. Find us wherever you download podcasts and be sure to join the fun on social media at EverTrendingPod. Hello and welcome to a long, long overdue, brand spanking new episode of My Drunk Movie Theater. I'm Kyle Sutton. I'm Trisha Campbell. And yeah, hiatus is like that where I wasn't planning on us being <laughs> off for what three, four months. Um, Something our last like show, our last show was like the end of July. Uh, I went back and looked at my show notes because I haven't changed them since then. Uh, I think the last thing that we did was review Nope, so which is now heading to Peacock in like the next week or two. So, um, you know, uh, things have happened. A lot of things have happened. Um, when we last did the show, we were kind of in a state of flux at the theater. Um, we had, uh, well, so we got, a, we got one GM replaced at the beginning of the summer um yes not not gone from the company just moved into a different position so uh, another of our our ranks there at our theater got promoted it is what it is um well then he towards the end of the summer uh his girlfriend got a new job that was taking them across the state so he had to transfer so now puts us back in a state of flux again there uh throughout august going into september um so he was with us till mid-september and of course in mid-september trisha you go on your trip of a lifetime and spent <laughs> two weeks in scotland yes. so leaving us going still don't know what the hell is going to happen um yeah until you finally get back so mm -hmm. Um, we've not shared any of this news on, on the Twitter sphere, on any of that. Uh, I figured we'd just save it for a show. Then of course, October, oh, I had two trips in there as well. So that kind of hindered recording. Um, then we got into October. I had another, like a weekend off and then like a, another trip that I had planned. So that affected everything. Now it's a matter of us getting staffing issues resolved, but here's the big news. Here's what's changed in in the last four months i'm now interviewing my boss directly on this show um <laughs> congratulations to the new gm miss trisha campbell thank you it's it's been a long time coming and you're overdue and i myself get a promotion so i get to be your second in command your right hand man you got my uh, old job yes so um so yeah so everything's shifted everything's moved up so in addition to all that we're also down a manager because we haven't replaced one. We need another one. Um, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's caused a, a, a bit of a wave throughout everything. Um, but now it's November. We've made it through October and Halloween. 
we now have um, this this week. We're actually recording. We actually have two days off together. Next week, we actually have two two days off together. So we might actually get back to back episodes as as long as everybody's agreeable next week. So um, so yeah. So hopefully we can try and figure out a regular recording schedule. Um, but then we'll get into the end of November uh, with Thanksgiving and see how everything is going from there. Uh, plus my big trip to London uh, at the end of the month as well. So that that there'll be another small break in here, but hopefully, hopefully not three or four months like it was the last time. So um, you have to be patient with us because the holidays are not a fun time in our line of work. No, they're really not. Um, and so, yeah, so so like I said, it's been a state of flux. Um, we're getting it sorted out. Um, in the meantime, I've also had to, uh, we've, we've had to figure out staffing issues because we just have not had enough staff. And that's been another part of the issue with making sure that we have time to actually record the show. Um, so, but I think we're getting there. I, I think once we get the manager situation figured out, we will have a much more show friendly schedule going forward you know, on wood. So <laughs> anyway, so lots happened. Um, so yeah, so, uh, so now, now I have to, now I have to really watch what I say in, in terms of, uh, you know, job security. So that way, you know, Trisha and I both get to keep our jobs. So, um, so there'll probably be a little less bitching about the customers <laughs> that we get, uh, unless we just get a real, real royal piece of shit that comes through and just has to be discussed um yeah so other than that i mean that's that's been the biggest change other than you know dealing with everything there at the theater i mean trisha did you have anything else major that's been going on or i mean not, not really it's just yeah everything you just said staffing issues manager changeovers going out of the country yeah yeah, it's it's, it's it, a lot. It it is a lot. So, but we're we're happy to be doing this. I I've had a few people that have reached out and like, hey, are you are you are you done with the show? Are you going to bring it back? I, I'll be honest. Yeah, my, my brother asked me if we gave up. I'll I'll be honest. <laughs> uh, I I seriously considered it because the the delay was getting so long. Yeah. Um, and then of course you know I've I've got my daughter that I'm taking care of. Like you know everything everything else that's happening. Um, and then, and then just uh, some issues with the show and trying to get more listeners really, really kind of got me down um, no. about doing it. Um, but I'm ready to go back, get back on the saddle, try again. Um, I've always said this show, this show is more for my, my therapy and mental health in a way, um, getting to do this and getting to, to do something that I enjoy. Um, and if, if even a handful of people enjoy the show too, uh, then, then I've succeeded in my mind. So, yeah. but, but more Same. or less the show, this show is really just for my own amusement. So hopefully you guys are along for the ride. Um, but yeah, it just, like I said, with everything going on, you, your priorities change. And so you kind of have to figure out where this show fits into that. So hopefully, like I said, it'll, it'll still be, be going for for a little while so yeah. or until our corporate overlords come in and say stop it <laughs> hopefully if we can get through the holidays once yeah. we get through past the first year things will kind of stabilize a bit 
Yes. Yeah. So just, just hang with us, keep the subscribe button on that way. When we do actually put out new content, you'll have, you'll, you'll have first access to it. It'll pop right up. So anyway, well, since all that's changed, I, I would have theater stories for us, but there's so many and I have not kept track of them. I haven't been keeping track of them either. Um, and sadly, uh, we've been we mostly probably... usual teenagers being stupid. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I have had to deal with, um, <laughs> we've reached the point. So last week, uh, just being uh, right before Halloween, we we received the the surprise sleeper indie horror hit Terrifier two back in our theaters again. Um, we received it back at the beginning of October mm-hmm. uh, for like a three day run, and it did fine. Uh, I, it was one of those. It's not rated, so in situations where the movie has no rating, basically, if it's got a distributor, they have two options. If the content of the movie is so graphic that they know putting it to the MPAA uh, that they're not going to get the R rating they that they want, that's a little more marketable. They're more than likely going to get an NC seventeen. Um, they get which is really going to limit your audience and has a real bad stigma with it. Not not X rated stigma. I was actually talking mm-hmm. to to our off duty officer about this the other day. Um, but it's still got a pretty heavy stigma with it. You either go that route and then limit how much of a release you really get, or you go with the not rated um, option. So, which means basically it didn't go before the MPAA board. It doesn't have, you know, any guidance suggestions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I've not seen this movie. I just want to preface that I, I have no, and I was going to, because I'm like, all right, it's, it's a sequel. Like I kind of, you know, I, I dig a good slasher flick, Trisha, you know that we've talked mm-hmm. about this a lot. Um, and I was like, okay, I could, I could probably track. I think the first one was on Hulu at some point. I know I'd seen advertising for it somewhere. Um, so I said, but I'm not going to get around to watching it anytime soon. I went ahead and spoiled it for myself. Uh, and there is a kill in there that is, I, I say a kill. The, the scene is about three minutes long um, and it reads more like a snuff film. And to me, that's not fun. Like that's not, yeah. I, I'm not there for that. Uh, it, it, you, you go from being on the line of, you know, horror slasher to torture porn, just like that. And this this read like a sequence from Saw that that needed to be cut because it was too extreme for Saw, and that's saying something. So, um, so that that's not for me. So we got it for three days, you know, at the beginning of the month. It did okay when we had it. We only ran two shows of it um, a night, and uh, I mean, uh, apparently. Well, it did okay for us. It was actually doing very well elsewhere. So they decided to bring it back for Halloween weekend and a little further. So anyway, so this movie though, because it's not rated, I've got teenagers that are being dumbasses. We've been told treat it like an R-rated movie. Yeah, we we were informed it is a hard R. We are to yeah. card and we are to shut doors as soon as the movie starts. Yeah. Uh so this past weekend i did something i haven't done trisha in over a decade 
in over a decade. I, I think the last time that I actually did this was the last time I can definitely remember doing it is for um, uh, Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay. Conjuring 2 for me. Oh, okay. Um, and that is, that uh, yeah, that is, I actually stood at the door of the auditorium that Terrifier 2 was in, and I actually carded people trying to get in. Um, it's always fun when you get to crush teenagers' hopes and dreams because they think they've gotten past wave one. Yep. And then they get to me. Yep. Uh, when I when I did Conjuring Two, mm-hmm. I was in Theater Ten, which is in the kind of the main hallway, but a little further down. And it has like this little the the door is not on the hallway; it's set back. There's a little mm-hmm. alcove that you have to go around. And so I would stand, not in the opening, but a few steps back, so that when they came around the corner from the lobby they would have to get like 10 feet down the hallway before they could see me. And by then they'd panic because it was too late to play it off. I'm like, oh, wrong direction. So like you, they would literally stop and stare at me and panic and either rush past me, stare at me down or turn around and run back to the lobby. And it was just, it was so entertaining. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, <laughs> So yeah, so I'm standing there. Now, I did this uh, that first weekend that we had it, too, because we had that and we had Smile as well, mm-hmm. which was another sleeper horror hit. And we're going to talk about that towards the end of the show. Um, not necessarily the movies themselves, but what people have been coming back for. Um, anyway, so that first weekend, I carded as well. And of course, I got a lot more blowback that first weekend from people when I was carding, because I basically positioned myself to where I'd be able to card for a couple theaters at once, which is kind of the ideal way to do it you know that mm-hmm. way there's no there's you know i don't have to worry about having a person on every single door with an r-rated movie um i did have one guy get super shitty with me and claim that he uh, he obviously bought a ticket because he was able to get in and buy popcorn and i'm going buddy you can come in and buy popcorn and leave we don't stop people we allow that, doing yeah. that um and he got hateful with me and then hateful with the cop who basically because after he got hateful me, I said, he can leave. I'm done. Like, he doesn't have his ticket. Which brings me to my next point. If you're at a movie theater and you see that we're carding, why would you not carry your ticket stub with you? Even and not if we're not that, carding, your ticket stub is your proof you paid. If at any yes. point we ask you for your ticket stub and you can't produce it, guess what? You're yeah. either buying a new ticket or you're leaving. Because yeah. there's no proof to us that you paid. You could have snuck in. Yeah. So... If you're one of those people that gets your ticket stub and then immediately throws it away, stop it. Yes. You can throw it away on your way out the door, but you need to keep it on you the entire time you're in the theater. Yeah. Because again, that is your proof you paid. If there's any sort of issue and you cannot produce a ticket, you're gone. Yeah. Or you're buying a new ticket. Exactly. Depending on how nice you are to us. Yeah. Yeah. This, this guy got super shitty with me and I said, look, he goes, so I just spent 50, 60 bucks and you're not going to let me in? I'm going, if you don't have a ticket, I'm not letting you anywhere. Like, he goes, well, it was in there. I'm like, okay. I said, you and the officer can run in there. He goes, man, this is bullshit. I said, then you can leave. Like, it's it's that or, or go buy a new ticket. Or like I said, I'm giving you the opportunity to go into the theater that you, you, that you were in with the cop to get your ticket. So that way you can at least show him and then you're mm-hmm. done but you should always keep your ticket on you because mm-hmm. I will Indiana Jones your ass out the window so fast over that. 
And if you're a teenager and you're wandering around and you think that's a good enough excuse to allow me to, to, or for me to allow you to keep wandering around without a ticket. No, no, I will dump it, get you either to leave or I will dip into your minimum wage earning pockets and get another ticket out of you. Don't care. Not my problem. So anyway, so yeah, so wound up doing that Friday night. Uh, and while I was enjoying it, the officer that was on duty on Friday night said, well, hey, do you need any help doing all that? And I'm like, actually, I do, because I've got a theater right next door that's sold out for Smile, if you want a card at that one. He was like, all right. And then I said, when you're done, if you want to go over and catch the other Terrifier 2 on the opposite side that's showing a little bit later, he's like, sure, whatever you need. I'm like, man, this is awesome. So yeah, so I had, I had my off duties helping me out with carding at the doors on Friday and Saturday night. Uh, and nipping the shit in the bud and it was fantastic some of them just cannot stand not having something to do yeah when they're at the theater yeah and then I have others that you know won't do anything without a manager present and I'm like I'm giving you free reign like go for it like you don't need me there just tell them get the fuck out so anyway but yeah so that's 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 the most recent thing and I'm just like you guys like this isn't hard this isn't rocket science keep your ticket on you so if you're a minor quit oh oh i do have that story so i had uh, a couple weeks ago i think it was smile again Uh, and it was like a monday or tuesday night and i had a couple teenagers that came in and wanted to go see or they had bought tickets for it and then i carded them they they weren't 17 i said look i can either refund you or i can swap you to a different movie so they opted to swap to a different movie. And so they wind up going to, I think it was Lyle Lyle Crocodile or something. I don't know. It was in number nine. Anyway, so they go in there and then I'm like, there's nobody, there's nobody else in the lobby. I have nothing else to do. I'm sitting there babysitting the bar. And so I keep seeing them poke their heads out from around the corner and try to wander like down the hallway <laughs> to get over to smile in 14. And I'm like, guys, there's restrooms right here in the lobby. Oh, oh, okay. Like, look, I, I, I won't let you have whatever excuse you think you have to get over to that area. To the point, yeah, it, it finally reached the point where I just like, guys, look, either get a refund or go into your movie. I don't care which, but I'm done with the games tonight. And like, like the rest of the staff, which includes a bunch of newbies that night, are just sitting there going, oh gosh, boss got him. Oh, that's funny. Like. (laughs) like guys like i'm not i'm done like i don't have time for this shit i'm bored like not i'm not a babysitter i don't get paid go watch a movie yeah like go get so they got their refund i'm like could have just done that in the first place and saved everybody a headache yep like fucking duh so anyway that's the only that's the only like theater stories i had to share this week trisha do you have any probably but i can't think of any right now no worries all right well let's let's dig into this movie news because we there's been a bunch of shit that's happened since july which we're not going to get into all of it because there's just too much to cover but we are going to cover the recent stuff so i think we have to talk about the biggest one which is black adam came out two weeks ago mm-hmm. it's done well it's held over pretty well um just days, though, after, like, the news that's coming out after Black Adam has released is 
been pretty big and it's come out almost immediately after the movie's release. So first and foremost, Henry Cavill's back. Um, That's probably considered the spoiler, but since it got ruined for me about a week before the movie came out, I- I, Well, and Henry Cavill has talked about it. He waited for that first initial week to be done and then he himself talked about it. So at this point, you can't really call it a spoiler anymore. Right. So anyway, so Henry Cavill's back as Superman. If you go see Black Adam, it's the post credit scene. Again, if you were looking for that, you know, for me to put a spoiler tag on that. Sorry. Like I said, it got leaked a week before. Like I was already aware before we even got the damn movie and I still haven't seen the movie. So, um, so if I have to have it ruined for me, you do too. So anyway, but Henry Cavill's back. Um, I, I am not a big Superman fan at all, but when it comes to portrayals of Superman, Henry Cavill is my personal favorite. Um, Agreed. And just just what Zack Snyder did with Man of Steel and even even Batman v Superman and and Justice League. Like you can bitch about those however you want, but like I like Cavill looks like Superman to me. He embodies it, and he embodies a version of it that I think we needed at the time. Um, and I hope that he's able to do the more the more hopeful, you know. Uh, which is what he wants to do. He's even said that, mm-hmm. but yeah. So big deal. Like Henry Cavill's back after fighting with DC and Warner brothers for years to either get a new Superman movie or walk away from the, the Warner brothers was going to let him walk like, which is dumb. Like the rock has dumb. to get involved and say, we're not doing anything <laughs> Superman related unless we get Henry Cavill. Like, yeah. You know, like it took a fucking regime change over at Warner Brothers in order to make this possible, which just goes to show how inept AT&T was at running a movie studio. Yep. Um, because between that and then how they handled film releases during the pandemic, like uh, it, it wasn't good. Like it's just all it's all profit loss at that point. So Warner Brothers Discovery while I'm not fond of the leadership there either, they at least made, in this case, the right call um, in bringing him back. So, so at least there's that. Um, they've also made another move. Now, now with the Henry Cavill news, there, there is a, a flip side to that coin, which, Trisha, I know you're bummed about. Yes. Um, I probably would be too if I'd actually been able to get into season two but i I just i couldn't highest fantasy is not my thing anyway but um the witcher uh the hit netflix series with henry cavill is going to continue forward which i found kind of surprising not terribly surprising because i'm like okay yeah whatever uh but they're going with liam hemsworth to replace henry cavill as Geralt of Rivia, and i'm going one of these things is not like <laughs> the other. Um, I've heard people talk about they would have rather seen, I mean, everyone has their opinions who they would rather have seen replace Henry Cavill. Mm-hmm. A lot of people saying don't replace Henry Cavill, just end the show. But um, the most compelling argument I've seen is actually a TikTok where someone actually had um, artwork of Mads Mikkelsen as Geralt. I, and I they morning. talked about how he could be believable as an older version of Geralt and so therefore you could just do a time jump Mm -hmm. to explain why he looks different and honestly that's the best option I've seen but either way Liam Hemsworth no yeah I and that's nothing against Liam Hemsworth it's just no 
yeah it's i i am with you there i again i'm not super attached to the show i might try and go back and watch season two when i actually i think part of my issue is that season two got released right after the baby came probably so when i'm trying to watch it i kept falling asleep (laughs) um so i might go back and give it another shot after i finished guillermo del toro's cabinet of curiosities because that's got my attention far and andor those two shows have got my attention more than than anything else right now um yeah i i don't have a problem with liam hemsworth i like him i don't think he's a great actor uh but then again neither is his brother chris so (laughs) but you know um not not who i picture in that role and and obviously you're gonna be hard pressed to replace henry cavill anyway because he as much as i you know i i enjoyed that first season again i'm not like going ape shit over it henry cavill's Geralt, like you know um i mean it's just it's who you're used to Mm -hmm. um i don't know i i'm gonna wish liam hemsworth the best of luck i probably won't continue watching (laughs) after i get done if i go back and finish you know henry cavill's era Um, but yeah no i did see the mads mickelson thing and i'm going yes all the mads mickelson please and thank you like that man needs to be everywhere like um, I, I'm probably more excited about Indiana Jones five because he is in it than I am about just getting another Indiana Jones movie. So if that tells you anything, um, but yeah, so it, like I said, it's, you know, getting Superman back is great, but for the, for the Witcher fans, I'm, I'm sorry, but Kal-El has to go save Metropolis one more time. Yes. So, yeah. So. But that comes in addition to other news over at Warner Brothers in DC. And this one I am actually really excited about because it came as such a shock um, that I'm going, that's crazy enough. It just might work. Uh, Walter Hamada is out over at DC Films. So after all the shit with him and Ray Fisher and the Justice League fallout and all that, he's out. He's gone. He's done for. He will. He's no longer anywhere near it. Today is November 2nd. Yesterday was November 1st, which means yesterday was James Gunn's first official day as the head of the new DC Studios, which will now be producing all of the DC films, including the Extended Universe stuff. Now, he's not alone in this. He's actually got uh, film producer Peter Safran, uh, their co-CEOs. The way I've read it is Gunn has a four-year contract with Warner Brothers for this position. Um, basically they'll be doing a two-headed Kevin Feige thing. Um, whereas James Gunn will be on the creative side of things, probably figuring out exactly how they want to get their, their universe reconnected again, because Mm -hmm. let's face it, it's been pretty disjointed under the last batch of leadership. Um, and then he's figuring out the broad strokes to guide the, the incoming filmmakers. Right. And then Peter Safran will be handling the business side of things. So getting the financing, the all, all, all the money and the boring shit that goes into yeah. making movie. You know, the stuff nobody cares about until they see the numbers. And then they go, ooh, wow, where'd all that yeah. money go? You know? Um, and it makes sense, uh, especially getting James Gunn. Um, you know, he did do the Suicide Squad last summer that came out. And while it wasn't a huge gangbusters hit, one because it was rated r two because you know day and date releasing but it got rave critical reviews it was a blast to watch it's 
of the DCEU movies so far, it's probably top three for me. Um, I and and that's with Man of Steel and uh, Birds of Prey, so it kind of rolls in there. Um, but yeah, um, and then of course the Peacemaker series on HBO Max, which was fantastic and I absolutely loved, uh, and was a huge hit at the beginning of this year. So it makes sense that they're going to go with him uh, and let him guide it. And I'm curious to see see how that's going to work with him. Um, what what he's going to want to do, how much creative freedom he's going to be allowed to have or allow others to have going forward. Is, are we going to see more R-rated DC movies? I don't know. But it is, it is an interesting notion. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, those are the two big pieces of news out of DC. So I just went, yeah, okay, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm game for whatever. So, um, all right, moving forward. Other news that we missed while we were gone. We have to talk about this one. Deadpool 3. Finally, yes. Since it's been announced, uh, the release date has changed. Um, hold on a second. Uh, yeah, since it was released, uh, the the release date has now changed, but we are getting Deadpool three with Wolverine played by none other than Hugh Jackman. Uh, because who else could convince him that Ryan Reynolds? Right, like I felt like there was some build up to that anyway, just because those two kept going back and forth at each other on the internet, both in their tweets and with the advertising for Aviation Gin and whatever Hugh Jackman's coffee company is. I can't remember what it was. Um, but either way, they just kept going back and forth, back and forth. Um, I know the internet exploded. I know I'm excited. Trisha, what are your thoughts on that? I'm excited. Yeah. Should be good. Yeah. So, um, and the fact that Kevin Feige has said that it is going to be putting them in the MCU universe, MCU series, mm-hmm. plus it'll be the first R-rated movie in the MCU. And I'm going, yes let's do this i'm i'm all in let's go i i am i am a-okay even if it wasn't in the mcu i'm still okay with it because yeah the last time that we got those two together on screen deadpool got his mouth sewn shut so let's fix that problem so all right we're gonna take a quick break when we come back uh we've got uh a little bit more casting news and then i like said i wanted to talk about original horror movies at the box office this year so stick around it's the Dad in the Rock podcast. This is Sean. And this is Chris. Join us every week as we give you the dad's point of view on pop culture. And stumbling our way through fatherhood. <laughs> dad jokes. Star Wars. Streaming. Tech news. Movie news. Listen to lifelong pals tell stories from past and present. Cruise with us into the cheesy every week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and other podcast platforms. And as always, find past episodes and links to our social media pages on dadnarock.com. We're back. So I said we had some more casting news. Trisha, you're going to find this one interesting. Um, since we have not been announced for, I, I know we're going to get a Quiet Place Part 3 at some point. Um, we Have we talked? I don't remember if we've talked on the show about this, but they are doing a prequel movie. I think we talked about it. Okay. 
I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah, because it's a quiet place. Uh, day one is what it's called. It's, I guess, technically a spinoff prequel. Um, basically set at the start of whatever this alien invasion is. Yeah. Um, hopefully will give us some answers that the second one didn't. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, but we have our first casting for the film, and I am excited. Miss Lupita Nyong'o will be nice. taking the lead. Um, yeah, plot's being kept under wraps, but it's said to be coming from an original idea from John Krasinski, who also directed and co-starred in the first two installments of the Hint franchise. So, um, yeah, I she's I, I just think she's a great actress. I loved her in Us, and of course she's got both Black Panther movies under her belt, um, as well as a few other things. There's a there's a horror comedy on Hulu that she's in um what is it called uh i'll know it when i see it but basically she's like a school teacher and her her kids like turn into zombies or whatever and start attacking or no she's trying to protect the kids from the zombies um and i've been meaning to watch it huh i don't think i've seen that hold on i will find it uh little let's see little monsters is what it's called came out in 2019 so yeah uh let's see so yeah, a film dedicated to all the kindergarten teachers who motivate children to learn and instill them with confidence and stop them from being devoured by zombies. <laughs> That's I, great. I yeah, I uh, I meant it's got Josh Gad in it too. So yeah, I'll, we'll have to check that one out. So because I I remember seeing advertising for it and I just never got around to it. Yeah. Um, As yeah. Usual. Huh. As usual. Story of my life. So okay, here you go. So yeah, so it will day one will also serve as a stopgap between mainline entries in the franchise as director John Krasinski will return to helm the third Quiet Place movie, but that one won't be out till 2025. Okay. So. So they're doing the prequel to kind of fill time until he can get back to. Yes. That. that yeah. Kind other of projects. Kind of, yes. Makes sense. Well, he's got to he's got to get through Jack Ryan, like. That's true. Which, which is coming coming soon, but not soon enough. No. So. Never soon enough no so yeah um so that one i i'm like i said if it gets us answers to what's going on gives us more of a global perspective to that world i'm i'm all for it like you know we can keep the the main quiet place what'll soon be a trilogy Mm -hmm. uh down to just uh that family but i like i said i i liked i liked part two quite a bit but I wanted more answers and I didn't get Yeah, they, they gave us a little tease of kind of the background of what happened. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to know more. I want to yeah. know what, how, what, what, what is this that happened? Exactly. So, um, all right. So I mentioned this to you the other day and I'm still sitting here just scratching my head around it um, because Peacock which is the streaming service I probably use the least for any kind of original television content um, has announced another show on their, on their network that I probably still won't watch, but uh, they are developing crystal Lake, a prequel show to the Friday, the 13th series of slasher films. Um, Now this is where it gets interesting. And this is where you might actually get me to tune in. The prequel series is set to be helmed by Brian Fuller, who's best known for developing and writing Hannibal, American Gods, and Star Trek Discovery, and huh. will be produced by A24. 
Um, okay. Yes. So, and here's That's promising. Quote. Yeah. Here's the quote from him. I discovered the Friday the 13th in the pages of famous monsters magazine when I was 10 years old. And I've been thinking about this story ever since. When it comes to horror, A24 raises the bar and pushes the envelope, and I'm thrilled to be explore, exploring the campgrounds of Crystal Lake under their banner. And NBC Universal's Susan Rovner is simply the best at what she does. It's a pleasure and an honor to be working with her again. So, they're, I guess they're comparing it to Bates Motel, which hmm. was an okay enough prequel series on, on A&E. I never um, watched it. I, I made it through like the first two seasons maybe and then i kind of gave up on it because it just it wasn't psycho to me but you know how much i loved hannibal when it was on nbc um and how i'm still to this day just clamoring for one final season to close out (laughs) hannibal and will graham's story like this twisted weird gay love story that that's never acknowledged as being a gay love story like i want the end of that story like give it to me (laughs) now but um, yeah, if Brian Fuller is doing this and is passionate about it as he was with with Hannibal, okay, you've got my attention. I think the also the added bonus of putting it on a streaming service as opposed to network television means we get something a little more in the R-rated realm. So we can actually True. adhere to that the the vibe of that old slasher series. So I had shed on it initially when I first saw the announcement, but then I actually read it and I went, oh. Okay, maybe I was a little hasty in my criticism. Yes, yes. So henceforth, that's why it's always important to actually read the, read the story before you click on the headlines, you know. So um, unless you're Matthew Perry, in which case you just create the headline and get in trouble with oh, the Lord. internet. So um, yeah, I don't even want to discuss that this week. Nope. That, that's just nope. sad. It's sad. Yep. So decisions were made they were not good decisions they were not end of story indeed so keanu how are you going after keanu anyway all right um keanu valerie bertinelli bertinelli and the late eddie van halen you don't you don't go for my evh at all no you just don't no like like i sat there and went really you're going after keanu okay but then you go after the late great the legend of monster guitar rock eddie van halen i will fight you chandler bing i don't care like that anyway um all right so again we're falling back into it's not spoiler territory if uh if there's nothing that's telling you what's actually happening in it um but for you guys that are going to go see marvel studios black panther wakanda forever next week don't stay after the credits because you're only getting one and it'll be in the middle of everything. So you get the mid credit sequence. That is the announcement coming out this week. Um, according to Marvel. We're going to stay anyway. Do what? People are going to stay anyway. That's that's our listeners won't now that they know we, they can, they can leave after the mid credit scene. So, um, so yeah. So according to Marvel studios, VP of production and development, Nate Moore, the lack of an end credit scene was a conscious one. Uh, obviously the way that this movie is a bit different and the tone of this movie is a bit different and it felt especially once people see the film we felt the ending was kind of poetic said Moore uh, to then go back and say hey there's a tag at the end of the end credits felt a little disingenuous tonally from what we were doing much like Endgame didn't have a tag this didn't feel like a movie that needed it that's fair uh, you know I I'm okay so I mean not having seen the movie to be able to to, to speak on you know make a judgment based on his 
based on what he says mm-hmm. and knowing you know what we all know about this movie yeah seems fair yeah i uh, yeah and i and uh, you and i have had this conversation i think i've even mentioned it on the show in the past of course that's been months ago so um i i'm going to watch it i think it's going to be a good movie i do feel like some of the advertising has in a lot of ways tried to capitalize on chadwick boseman's death and i don't i don't like that that's fair personally that but that's how i feel other people see it as being you know this emotional tribute to him and and there i think that's a fair feeling too um you know, I, I personally, I don't think anybody working on this film is trying to do anything to to taint his memory in any way, shape, or no. form. Uh, and so I don't think there's any malicious intent there. I My issue is with the marketing. Um, yeah. You know, um, do I wish we'd just gone ahead and recast T'Challa and continued that character story? Yes, I've said that a thousand times over and I will keep saying it. Um, but they have a story to tell. They're going to do it. Um, I do, I do actually, this actually does make me feel a little better um, in that what they could have, they could have very easily done. Obviously we're getting a mid credit scene um, and then, you know, the traditional two, the mid credits and then the post credits. Um, and, you know, then the post credits could be, you know, oh, hey, look, you got to go see our next movie, which is Ant-Man and Quantumania. Like, you know, make sure you go check that out. Uh, and they're not doing that. Um you know, so I would imagine that the the mid credit scene that we're getting is tied directly to the story that we'll have just watched in in Wakanda Forever, and yeah. I'm okay with that. I I I think that is that is actually a really good choice, not just creatively, but you know, um, out of respect for for what's happened over the last couple of years. It, it does make it makes me feel better about going to see the movie next week. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, because this isn't the movie to have a funny little tag at the end or self-promotion at the end. No, no. And and, and if they would have just recast T'Challa, then yeah, I, I'd be t- singing a different story. Um, yeah. So, or a different tune. Um, but since they are they are letting the real world affect the art that they're making, you know, I, I think as long as they are respectful of that, uh, which it sounds like they are, you know, I, I think I'll be okay. So, um. But yeah, I just, I found that to be interesting when I saw it and I was like, really? And then I saw the reason and I said, okay, that, yeah, it makes me feel better the, about, about this than what I had seen from the advertising. So, cause the first couple trailers, I was just going, we're, we're really hammering home. Chadwick Boseman's not in this, like, right. You know, okay. Like we get it. We're going to go see this movie cause he's dead. Yeah. And, I, the, and that just, it makes me feel icky thinking about it. So well, that's fine um so yeah so um but that that was that was honestly kind of refreshing to hear so we have one last bit of actual movie release news um before we get into our couple topics of discussion for this week um and this one this one i'm excited about as long as we get it because we've been talking about it for a while um if you've listened to the show in the past, you or know us, you know how ex- how much we love Ryan Johnson's Knives Out that came out in 2019. Um, to me, that is a, yep, you're even wearing the shirt. How perfect is that? He is wearing the Knives Out shirt that I stole from another theater to give to her when I was, uh, when I was working around the places. Yep. Um, so yeah, so um, Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery, 
we, we just call it glass glass onion like we don't need to include i i know why they're including the knives out name in it branding, branding. you gotta include the branding right but i would have preferred they called it glass onion a benoit blanc mystery and like let That's that fair. yeah you know so because daniel craig is back and since he's not james bond anymore he gets to continue being benoit blanc um but netflix has announced that glass onion the sequel to 2019's knives out will have a special sneak preview event in theaters prior to its streaming release lasting for one week from november 23rd to 29th thanksgiving weekend y'all so because the first one was a perfect thanksgiving movie not set at thanksgiving but just perfect in that you're dealing with a dysfunctional fucking family yes. and it gets to be a murder mystery and all that and like like and it was released over thanksgiving weekend like mm-hmm. i go back to that movie uh for thanksgiving holiday just like i do planes trains and automobiles so um anyway for one week november 23rd through 29th approximately 600 theaters across the u.s and additional theaters outside of america will feature the knives out sequel which gives you the fans a chance to see the film early on the big screen the way it should be a month ahead of its netflix release on december 23rd so uh in reading further on this so basically basically the theater chains you know amc all all the big ones plus our chain that we work for have negotiated to get this a one one week release and then it's still the way it's worded is it still has a 30-day theatrical window so but even though it's not going to play in theaters for 30 days it's going to play for one week and then for the next couple weeks after that three weeks after that you won't be able to find it anywhere until it comes out on Netflix on December 23rd. Now, I'm going to throw in this caveat that I think is there that nobody's paying attention to. Because of that three-week gap where it can't go, where it's not going anywhere, but it's not playing anywhere, I think that the box office, and Trisha, you can, you can tell me if you disagree or not. If the box office from that, for that one-week run, if that does well enough, I would we not be shocked. It. I would not be shocked if Netflix decides, okay, let's extend Same. it. So because otherwise, why would they put that big of a gap and yeah. just have it nowhere for three weeks? If right. they didn't want to build in a potential, you market it with the one week to uh, to get people out. Yep. Oh, it's only going to be week. It's only going to be a week, and then the end of that week comes, and they're like, "Well, it did well. You can have it another week." Yeah. Because that's what they did for um, that stupid Hannah Montana concert. Yes. Made a big deal saying it was going to be that one week only. And then they kept extending it as it kept selling. Yep. So. That's um, smart marketing. It is. And and I think they actually did. Netflix actually did that uh, late last year with um, Army of the Dead uh, Mm -hmm. as well. Because I know we had it. Because it was only supposed to be one week. And I feel like we had it at least two. Yeah. Yeah. so yeah, so be on the lookout for that. That's something to pay attention to when we get to Thanksgiving week. Um, and then and then we'll we'll figure it out from there. But either way, I'm glad that the movie is getting at the very least a limited theatrical run. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it it would make sense for them to just go ahead and do a full-blown theatrical release anyway, just because Netflix spent $450 million on the rights for Knives Out 2 and 3. Um, yeah, that's a lot of money. This it's a lot of money. You ain't to gonna not... make that back put in on Netflix because no, you're not gonna no. get that many people subscribing to Netflix specifically no. for it. No, it's exactly. just not gonna happen. No, so and I've said that on the show before. Like, you know, Netflix has billions of dollars worth of debt to to actually offload. 
you know, just, just because they keep creating new content. So if they're not getting the subscribers, they're not making the money to pay off that debt. So it makes sense that you might wind up seeing Netflix kind of easing off of their day and date. If this does well, I think that's what you're going to wind up seeing. So I, I think it's the smart thing to do. Yeah. So, um, all right. So the first of our two big topics this week, um, because the man just can't not keep his name out of the news for filmmaking or otherwise, or shitting on other movies, et cetera, et cetera, while blindly missing the irony in that. James Cameron, God damn it, James Cameron. Here's the headline from Variety. James Cameron criticizes Marvel and DC characters. They all act like they're in college and really don't have relationships. Um, so, of course, the way, Avatar of the Way Tell me you've never watched a single Marvel movie. Yeah, right? So, anyway, so we're... Next month, we're getting Avatar The Way of Water, which is the long-awaited sequel by I don't know who, because I haven't been awaiting it, uh, to the first movie, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, anyway, so the long-awaited sequel takes place 15 years after the, after the original, so it was important for Cameron to depict a new sense of maturity in his protagonists, Jake Sully and Neytiri. Such maturity is lacking in the characters that populate Marvel and DC movies, Cameron argued. Quote, Zoe and Sam now play parents 15 years later. In the first movie, Sam's character leaps off his flying creature and essentially changes the course of history as a result of this crazy, almost suicidal leap of faith. And Zoe's character leaps off a limb and assumes there's going to be some nice big leaves down there that can cushion her fall. But when you're a parent, you don't think that way. So for me, as a parent of five kids, I'm saying, what happens when those characters mature and realize they, that they have a responsibility outside their own survival? Cameron continued, when I look at these big spectacular films, I'm looking at you, Marvel and DC, it doesn't matter how old the characters are, they all act like they're in college. They have relationships, but they really don't. They never hang up their spurs because of their kids. The things that really ground us and give us power, love and a purpose, those characters don't experience experience it, and I think that's not the way to make movies. Look, Jimmy, let's let's sit and talk. I'm sorry. Oh, hold on. They never hang up their spurs because for their kids. Okay, first of all, there are Marvel characters that have kids, but that's beside the point. Is he trying to imply that the only mark of maturity is having kids? Uh, kind of sounds like, that way. Like if you don't have kids, you're not a mature adult because that's bullshit. I, I agree. Not everybody wants kids. Not everybody should have kids. And exactly. if you're out saving the world, yeah, you, having kids may not be the best idea. Yeah. Are you telling well, me that, that all of the Avengers should stop being superheroes and go have kids yeah no what no um and, and here's the thing is we can sit here and we can break down exactly how incorrect this assessment is just with marvel characters alone hawkeye has a family uh-huh. that he uh, actively protects by keeping them in hiding a, a big part of endgame is the fact that tony has a kid and does not want to lose her yes so he convinces them all to keep the five-year gap specifically so that he does not lose his daughter. Exactly. Which is exactly what any parent would do. Not only that, Tony has had an arc from Iron Man 1 all the way till his end in Endgame where we see him, you know, go from this, you know, devil-may-care playboy to actually giving a shit about the people closest to him 
all the way to the very end and trying to do the right things to save the world. Some of it, you know, well-intentioned, but misguided. Mm -hmm. Ultron being a prime example. Um, this The Sokovia Accords, another one. But the intention is always there to do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cap is on the Cap opposite. Cap has of an entire arc about becoming a criminal in order to save his, his childhood best friend, who's basically like his brother. Yes. Like you can have emotional arcs and you can have, you know, deep interpersonal relationships without them being a parent. Yeah. And if the only way you can show that a character has matured over 15 years is give them kids and make them less, you know, willing to jump off a, a, a tall surface, uh, you, you, you have no room to criticize other writers and how they go about it because yeah. you incredibly shallow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and that's because I am not the same person I was 15 years ago, and I don't have kids. Right, I I'm not. I do have a kid. Do I still have the same smart ass personality? Absolutely, because it's the only thing that gets me through the day sometimes. But you know, I like I said, I I take things into consideration. But at the end of the day, I'm still gonna go do do what I think I need to do. Like, <laughs> but yeah, people people do change, and like you can't have like just again in marvel's case you can't do 30 movies and not have some kind of growth amongst your characters you know this isn't like even the james bond franchise which has gone through actor changes and all that there have been emotional changes throughout the character mm -hmm. hell we just had a five film arc with daniel craig that basically covered the life of 007 from becoming an agent all the way till his uh, honestly should have happened a long time ago demise like yeah you know uh and not just because you know he has a kid and no time to die his his demeanor changes his attitude towards the government has changed in in that five movie gap like you know there's there's so much change that happens um and if you say that you don't see that in these movies then I, you're obviously not watching them or not paying attention to them um, and now, uh, granted, I know James Cameron has his head so far up his own ass that it's probably hard for him to breathe. Past I'm still convinced that there's PR people out there advising people to bash the MCU to get attention. Yeah. Yeah. Because and, it, it's just, it's so prevalent at this point that I, it, I, I don't understand. Right. What I don't get is the man, the man now has, again, the highest grossing movie in box office history because they re-released Avatar for you know a month last month you know you've got that you have that to your name you also have titanic to your name you are beloved for aliens and terminator 2 like you you've got it all why do you feel the need to even mention other franchises at this point especially one that's owned by the same company you're doing your avatar sequels right. for? that's what i don't get like you really feel the need to bash your Kevin Feige, like it or not, is your coworker at this point. Yes, like very much so. You know, you guys are in the same camp. You guys are both under the Disney umbrella. Why do you and feel the need to even? James talk Cameron to may have movie number one on the list, but how many movies does Feige have under his belt that's on that list? Yeah. Would you rather have one that's at the top, or a handful that's on the list? Yeah. Personally, I'd rather have a handful that's on the list. I was going to say, considering than a the single one that happens to be at the top. I was going to say, considering the entire the, the, gross... The, the, the only MCU. reason it's at the top is because they've re-released it multiple times. 
yeah. because there wasn't just the recent re-release here they re-released it in china yeah shortly after endgame yep because he was so mad that he didn't have any more and yeah. he knew that the chinese audiences love it so yeah. then he re-released it yeah simply to take it back yeah yeah so uh miss me with this bullshit about maturity in the mcu or dc movie hell we can get into dc and the maturity there and how these characters harley quinn has changed as a character in just three mm-hmm. movies yeah. like is she still batshit crazy yes because the character is batshit crazy but by the end of birds of prey she's got a kid that she's kind of looking out for that you know she actually gives yeah. a damn about she's got friends that she yeah. didn't have before you know before that movie you know, she's by the time we get to her in the Suicide Squad, she has changed even more. And like, like what? Mar- Marvel is addressing Bucky and PTSD. Yeah. And the like, trauma he's been through. Yeah. Like they did that. And yet you're going to sit here and act and say that they all act like they're in college. What? I was going to say. We're not mature. Well, and then if you're if your mark of, of being a mature adult is having children, let's take Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch, into consideration. This is a woman who created and then had taken away from her two little boys, like mm-hmm. that we spent an entire series and one whole movie where she got portrayed as the bad guy. Because she wants to of deepen because yeah. of her kids. Yes. So how are you going to tell me that 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 they act like college students when she's ready to destroy the multiverse to get her children back mm-hmm. again like any other parent would like you're at this point like if you can't advertise your it's movie, like people stopped paying attention after phase one and continue to spout opinions based on what they know the first couple of movies yeah while conveniently ignoring the last decade plus of character development that has happened because there has been a lot of character development for a lot of characters and just because you aren't paying attention doesn't mean it doesn't exist yeah yeah i'm just i and like i said i understand he's he's got a movie he's got to sell and that's that's all fine it's like watching the first couple episodes of avatar the last airbender and basing your entire opinion on zuko off of that and ignoring his entire character arc and then be like well he's just a bratty kid <laughs> what yeah no yeah i don't get it yeah so, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get what they get out of this yeah i don't either so but hey i guess we're talking about him so he has succeeded so there you go you got one over on me jimmy cameron still ain't going to see your fucking sequel that nope. is you know about two hours too long and uh, I, yeah I, I i just i don't i don't care i don't i don't care about this movie at all like and the more he opens his mouth the more i go from not caring to actively hating yeah yeah i've always said that when it comes to avatar like i was pretty much indifferent to it mm-hmm. um but yeah the more he just opens his mouth i just sit there and i just i root for the man to fail like i really do and i should I, I, I will be the first to tell you the cinematography in the first one was great it looked beautiful yeah the story was meh yeah the characters were meh yeah forgettable yeah unoriginal yeah but it looks uh, pretty yeah it had it's... zero impact on pop culture yep so but hey we all know we all know but hey Wakanda forever and he's got money right so but i guess that can't 
I was going to say, I guess that can't trump, you know, I love three, I love you 3000 or I can do this all day or Hulk smash. Like, yeah. Yeah. So congratulations. You keep making original movies that aren't that original and have bored me to tears. Good job. Good you job. take a recycled storyline and put it in an original context. It's, it's not, that does not make it an original movie. No, no. If your storytelling was better, if you created characters that I actually actively gave a shit about, that'd be one thing. Hell, if you just punched up your dialogue, like, to be a little more memorable than uh, just, you know, the main character calling a beast a bitch, like, uh, that's literally the only thing I can remember dialogue-wise from that movie. Like, and I couldn't even tell you what part of the movie it's from. Like. I don't remember that. Yeah, exactly. So yeah so i remember they took a character in a wheelchair and implied that he had a better life when he became an alien and could walk again you know what yeah i now that i'm sitting here thinking about it that movie is incredibly ableist ableist, isn't it isn't it very much so incredibly ableist man oh my life in a wheelchair is so terrible Uh, but i can go be this alien and walk and it's great yeah so all right so the last thing i wanted to talk about and i've teased it all episode um horror horror movies this year have been small budget great at the box office they pain in the ass for us because i fucking hate teenagers and i hate having to deal with teenagers trying to sneak into r-rated movies but they are what they are so uh this article came up uh for me trisha just just a couple days ago uh it's called how horror became hollywood's safe bet in a scary box office climate um so it mentioned zach Krager's movie barbarian already had to be brought back from the dead once by film company new regency after its financing fell apart before the start of production so the actor turned director was categorically not expecting a theatrical release for his twisted horror film when he finished shooting it in bulgaria but unbeknownst to him executives from walt disney company which releases new regency films had seen barbarian at an early audience screening in long beach and thought it was right for the big screen the $4.5 million movie about a young woman who finds herself double booked with a strange man at a rental home ended up opening at number one at the box office and eventually grossing more than $40 million in ticket sales. Um, I thought best case scenario, I could get it on some streaming platform that'll get enough eyeballs on it so that somebody will let me make another movie in the future. So the idea that it's had this incredible life as a theatrical movie, I honestly did not dare to dream anything like that. And that is just one of several movies this year that has been like that. Small budget, <laughs> horror film with a a uniquely original concept making bank like like you made 10 times your budget like that's you're doing pretty good regardless of how big because i mean hell marvel movies on a 250 million dollar budget don't don't clear 10 times their budget they just don't no um so yeah so this is this has kind of been the story all year um I had mentioned it before, I think, on this show. I know we've talked about it, but like my favorite movies of this year have almost all exclusively been horror movies in some way, shape, or form. The Black Phone, uh, The Scream, uh, Scream 5. I'm just going to call it Scream 5 just to differentiate. Um, Studio 666. Uh, what else? Um, uh, Fresh over on Hulu. Um, mm-hmm. You know, nope. nope. Nope was just just fantastic. Like, uh in in the uh, it's been out long enough in the the uh the mold of jaws like yeah um you know 
like those five like i think the only movie that's not in the realm of horror is is chippendale rescue rangers and even that has some horror elements to it <laughs> with the way the, the the cartoons are having plastic you know these surgeries done on them or whatever yeah um but like this year everybody has turned out obviously top gun 2 did buku box office it just it did it is what it is we we finally got rid of it last week um six months six months i know i i wasn't expecting that i was not expecting six months of top gun but horror movies have done so well this year that it's hard to ignore and like horror movies tend to almost always you know bring in some kind of box office numbers but i don't think i've ever seen it to where it's just one big extent yeah one hit after another and like i said you might look and and not with uh, the thing is none of them are like existing with the exception of scream none of them were really existing franchise or franchises or or any sort of uh you know existing property they were all original they were all new again with the exception of scream yep well and and even terrifier 2 which is a sequel to a low budget original horror movie but that move, the micro budget on it, two hundred fifty thousand. I say micro budget, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I would kill. I would slash in, in somebody's In the world of filmmaking, that, that's, that's that's micro. That's a micro budget. But a two hundred fifty thousand dollar budget movie has now made eight million dollars at the box office. Probably a little more after this weekend. Like, it's it's impressive. And for all the bitching that people have done, us included, about a lack of original movies at the box office original horror and not just this year but the past like six or seven years has made a hell of an impact at the box office yeah um you know we can go all the way back to to don't breathe and get out and a, a few others where they're they're smaller budgets any of the blumhouse stuff that's actually half-ass decent like yeah. we can we can point to and go people people love being scared it's a weird thing. Like, and I, I hate that we're having this conversation after Halloween. We should have had it a week before, but you know, scheduling. But there's something to be said about, and this and this is this is like case in point. Like this is this should be my my exhibit A in the courtroom when it comes to some of the best so bad it's good movies or horror movies. That too. But what I'm getting at though is I talk about the communal experience of watching a movie and experiencing all these emotions together yeah there's something that is just really cool about being in a packed theater and everybody getting all scared at the same time of the same shit like you know we had Um, it kind of ruined for us when we saw it chapter two but like there have been other horror movies that we've watched and we've gone holy fuck like on halloween megan and i revisited uh my bloody valentine mm -hmm. from uh 2009 yes terrible i still hate the ending but i still adore the movie yeah and we went full blown 3D because you know, why wouldn't you? Right. And there, there's still moments. Still, my favorite use of 3D in any movie. Mm-hmm. But there were still times I was telling her as we watched it. There were still moments I was like, oh man, I remember watching this in theater. Like the scene where he pans the the shotgun across the yes. yard. I still remember sitting in the back of that theater. It was a full theater. There was a couple of like teenage girls in the very front row. That when it panned across and it reached them, one of them screamed. Yeah. And it made us like the whole theater cracked up. And it's yeah. one of those, like, it will stick with me every time I see that scene. I think of those girls and I laugh. Yeah. Like those are the memories you can't get otherwise. 
yeah uh no so speaking of of movies that were in 3d that that needed to be seen in 3d i rewatched the the fright night remake the other day with colin farrell and El- anton yelkin um and i'm sitting there watching it and i'm going i forgot that this was in 3d when it came out and it was really cool and then we hit the moment where they are run- you know, driving through the desert, trying to get to Las Vegas proper to get away from Jerry the vampire. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like you're sitting there, you got the camera on emotion poots. And next thing you know, the fucking motorcycle gets thrown through the back window and the camera pans around to her, like scrambling, trying to get away mm-hmm. from before it like rips her face off. Uh, like, you know, the, the glass and the windshield and the camera. The oh, pickaxe dude. and the windshield of my bloody Valentine. Yeah like that happens and like everything's flying you've got like flames flickering and they're in the foreground of the picture and you're going okay that should have been in 3d like that's how i should have been watching this like really cool and so but i i get to remember those moments of watching those movies Mm -hmm. in theaters with people and going yeah we had that shared experience of laughing and crying and being scared together and i think this past year has proven that outside of the pandemic like we just want to escape at the movies and if that means Mm -hmm going and being terrified of the same thing together at least we're together yeah and i think that's just kind of the coolest thing that has come out uh with everybody noticing all these small horror films getting getting their their due at the box office even though i don't intend on seeing all of them because i don't uh i think that's fucking fantastic so that's that's it for the discussion this week um because we are running out of time so yeah yeah the time the timer's ticking down i really hate that so i gotta get that upgraded but um i'm so glad we got to do another show this week trisha it's been it's been awesome it's been way too damn long so and i i I say let's do another one next week um but that's going to do it for us uh make sure you follow us on twitter at drunk underscore theater that is the best place to hit us up uh make sure you hit that subscribe button that way when we do if drop there's any news that we missed in the three months we were gone that you want our opinion on send it to us yep if we don't cover it on the show we'll give you an answer right there on the tweets so yeah one of, um, us, will, one of us will respond exactly so um but that's it that's going to do it for us uh here on my drunk movie theater at drunk underscore theater uh on twitter uh and that's t-r-e on twitter don't don't spell it the the heathen way with the e or t-e-r we fancy uh, we is fancy um but that's it. So uh, from all of us here at My Drunk Movie Theater, I'm Kyle Sutton. I'm Trisha Campbell. And be nice to your damn movie staff. <laughs>